that very first interaction isn't just like checking into a dentist appointment. The magic of TED and TEDx isn't just what happens in that theatre. It's that feeling that you get when you walk in and everything else that you experience. Hello TEDx organizers, this is Solving for X, the series where we explore different aspects of organizing TED and TEDx events. I'm your host, Jay Hirati, and today I'll be talking with Ladan Weiss. She's our Director of Service Design here at TED. Ladan does many things around TED, but today we'll be talking specifically about how to put together a comprehensive communication plan. A plan that goes from end to end, from the weeks and months leading up to the event, during the day of the event, and in the weeks that follow. Are you ready? Let's get started. Ladan, welcome to Solving for X. Thank you so much. I'm so <laughs> pleased to be here. We are excited to have you. So tell, uh, tell folks who are listening, uh, what do you do at TED? What do I do? That's a mystery to everybody. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I work in the tech team right now, but in a month or so, I'll be transitioning to the conferences team. But my focus in the tech team is uh, the conferences. So I'm a service, I work in service design, I'm a product development manager. So I've been working for about oh, seven years now on how we can make the experience of our attendees excellent and give the tools to the team to do that from a tech perspective. And that's both what the attendees see and what the team back behind the scenes does and mm. sees as well. Mm. So um, everything that our team does is how can this bring surprise and delight to the people that come to TED mm. and make them want to come back year that's after nice. year. Yeah. And I know all of us here at TED know that you've been involved in multiple aspects of designing the service and creating great experience. Uh, everything from the registration system, the famous TED Connect app that you've worked on very uh, intensively, and that's a very popular app. But today, we are going to focus on one aspect of your work, which is the kind of comprehensive communications with, with attendees from end to end, from the very, very first moment that we let them know a conference is coming until after the event. Uh, that's something that you've been focusing on, right? That's right, and that's right. So, you know, there's a very specific TED voice and we try and make sure that everything that we communicate out in the world, whether it be through the website or an email or even what how we talk to people when they come on site, that is all the same voice. It's not some weird marketing language in one sense and then all of a sudden it becomes super casual later on. Mm. It's that same warm thoughtful language we use all the way through mm. and the, even the terminology we use from the very beginning when we announce the conference and explain all the benefits and what how what, what's exciting about that particular event right through to the individual emails we send out for people who are registered that's the same voice the same language the same terminology interesting and we'll go chronologically and we'll start going through the various communications uh, but when you, I mean, I'm curious just to kind of understand the TED voice a little bit more. So you said warm and thoughtful. What is that voice and what is it not when in terms of kind of word choices and things like that's that? That's right. Okay. So you'll notice like sometimes when you go somewhere or when you read something, it sounds very formal. It sounds very buttoned up. There's no contractions. Everything's very, we do not and right. we shall not. Right. But TED, for TED's voice, 
people are here. We want them to let their guard down a little bit. We want them to be open to the ideas. We want them to feel comfortable, mm. welcome, accepted mm. in whatever, however they come. Mm. And so the language is not stiff. Right. So it flows with the language of the day. It uses you as much as possible instead of we. It refers to them by first name, not by their titles. Right. I don't care if it's Bill Gates <laughs> right, right. or whoever. Um, and that, I think what that does is equalize the audience. It means that everybody here is open to ideas. Everybody here is welcome and everyone here is special. Hmm. There's no hierarchy. I mean, there is a hierarchy in the sense that some people pay more, right. but <laughs> not in the sense of how welcome you are. Right. Everybody here is a superstar. And I think that's the, the, the feeling that lets people come in and all of a sudden you see conversations between people that you wouldn't expect, you know, unexpected um, connections and an openness that people gen generally don't have when they're out there in the world. We have a lot of guards up and this language is supposed to bring down those nice, guards. Nice, nice, fantastic. Okay, so let's let's kind of go through chronological order of like what's the first communication that you put out and I guess let's use the big TED conference in sure. Vancouver is an example. Uh, what's the first announcements? Kind of what are the sequence of the right? So we have the website, and the website gives you an overview of what you're what you're going to expect, um, and then we do a bunch of things that drive people to the conference. And I think the language there is around building excitement, and it's around um, giving people a sense if they haven't come before what they're about to get or what they what they could get. Right. Now the key here is that we don't have a different team working on these different pieces. We have the same team or that people are involved are all together in these messaging so that we don't have a fractured approach. We don't have a marketing department that doesn't speak to the people who are actually on the ground. Right. We don't have a, uh, the customer service team who deal with the emails back and forth also have a, a say in how the language is framed. They know what questions people ask. They know what problems people have or the confusion that may arise. So every different part of the organization that goes towards making the conference a success has a say in that language and it means it's cohesive. It means that there's never any incongruent kind of weird tech language or weird salesy language right. it's all congruent it's all okay. cohesive yeah and yeah. once you put it on the website do you also send an email communication right. alongside that right right so okay the website's there we have a series of emails and the emails are different um, levels of granularity depending on who it is so we have the the note that we send out to people who've come to ted before and some of them are pre-approved they don't have to apply they've come a number of times we know them we think they're great we want them to come back with, without applying and that's a different tone and different pieces of information for that group i don't need to go through every single piece of what they get in terms of benefits they kind of know it mm. then you've got the one who people who maybe haven't come for a couple of years or maybe they've, they've only come once before and they have a, a little bit more uh, detail in that note and then there's the more broad email which goes to the full ted community which is hey this registration's open we'd love for you to come apply and that one a lot of tedxers will have received that because it's in the general communication list that we send out to uh, you know thousands and thousands of people and so, so people who may have come to ted or people who have, may have never come to ted but somehow are broad members of the ted community that's right but yeah. we try not to send out the same message three times to the same right. person i mean this is not rocket science type right. of stuff it's very standard and then there's specialist notes that are sent out depending on the conference sometimes we have special communities we're trying to reach out to sometimes there's areas that we're really trying to trying to get more attendees from and we do different approaches for different events but for ted that's let's just say that's the standard right. journey of that communication and along the way we might send a reminder we might people forget sometimes we send out a note again when we have different milestones like if we can do a sneak of certain speakers um, when we have deadlines around 
when we're almost about to sell out. Uh, and that's the the main flow in terms of email. And is that and there's the next thing then that happens is the the beginning of your countdown emails. Or that's is that, right. So then, right, so, this, so then we're splitting. Now we're saying, okay, now it's people who are who are actually coming. Right. They get from ten weeks out from the conference a series of notes, which used to be sort of sporadic. It used to be like they just got an email whenever we had something to say. And we realized then people didn't know when things were happening. They weren't, didn't know what to expect. So we changed it and we made it so that we have to roll all of our communications into these 10 notes. And let me just make sure that people yeah. understand what this So the countdown emails, they start 10 weeks before the event. That's right. And we send them once a week on what day do you send? Normally Wednesday. The, normally Wednesday. Yeah. So then you begin to split up the different kinds of communications. You don't load all the good stuff. Uh, you kind of have to think, what do they need to know 10 weeks before and what do they need to know one exactly. week before? Exactly. Right. Yeah, I'm not giving them a packing list on week 10. I'm right. going to give that week minus one. And then I have to work out, okay, when do we have to announce the speakers and when do we have to open sign up for activities and workshops and when do we have to let them know what their agenda is? All these key marquee things get plopped into play and then everything else moves around that. Nice. It's a really big deal. Like every time we prepare for a conference – the attendees really appreciate them because every week for 10 weeks, they receive some kind of thoughtful communication for us. And all that doesn't really cost any extra money, right? It's, it's, it's a cost of an email. <laughs> for TEDx organizers that are always concerned with budget, this is a great way to do something really well that doesn't cost any extra money other than the effort. So now back to you. So talk about maybe, how, I'm curious how you think through the 10, minus 10 to minus one, what goes where? Firstly, the, the one thing that we found to be super helpful is that we have a personal voice in everyone. It's not robot language. It's not, this is an email that's been spat out from a system. Right. It, it's very personal. It's like, hey, we're so excited to have you here. Here's what I think that you really need to know, blah, blah, blah. And it's from people around the organization. And so it might be from Chris and from Kelly and from other people who contributed to the programming. Um, the other thing that we do with that is um, we heard from our attendees that not only are they not knowing what to do and what to click and when to when to look at the email and when not to, but we were sending them too many emails. So this is the other th the point that I was thinking about for TEDx is for their event. You know, you don't necessarily have to do 10. I mean, do you have 10, 10 weeks worth of countdowns? Probably Maybe. not. Not, Probably not, not if your days are half the event. <laughs> right, right. But there are some key, like, key um, actions that you may need to take. For us, it's like, remember to book your hotel. Um, it's do your badge because we need their badge information ahead of time to print them that really beautiful, clear badge so they're not turning up and waiting for that to happen. So as I said, we plop out the ones that need to be at a certain time um, because of our work that we have to do. And also, I don't think we want to announce the speaker lineup one week before. We want to have that excitement leading up to it. People can read up about the speakers. People can... Um, Maybe new people can come because they'll suddenly go, oh, my God, so-and-so is speaking at this conference. I need, to, I need to go to that. And then we work everything else around it. So what is, So let's make a laundry list of the kinds of things that you want to make sure that you communicate to them. For TEDx organizers, they might not do some of these or they might lump them into one email. But you said booking, kind of arranging for them to book travel and hotel, how to get around the venue locations, right? Uh, preparing their badge and explaining to them what the badge is and how it's used. Packing, you've mentioned. Yeah. What else? We also talk about who else is coming to the conference. So mm. get to know the other people who are coming. Anything that will set them up 
to have a really smooth arrival and not have to worry about the logistics mm. is what we're trying to mm. to head up. So we've mentioned badge. Social media, you tell them we about. We talk about, yeah, follow us. Social media a little bit. We don't, it's not really for this particular audience. Um, we tell them the hashtag for the, the event because we want them to share with that one so everyone can see that. We tell them about TED Connect, download TED Connect. We use that so much for both the program and getting to know each other and sort of that conversation. Um, we told them about the, the the attendee Facebook. It's a private Facebook group. People can chat and share ideas. And you talk about the accessibility as well. I know because I just wrote my very first um, yes. uh, countdown email. Yeah. One of the things mentioned there was if you have a, a young child, what the policy is, right? So, so I guess yeah, we have a baby policy, yeah, and the baby policy is controversial in some ways because. We do. We're, we're, we definitely want everyone to be able to come to TED, but we also want everyone to be able to enjoy TED. And it's hard to to draw the line, but we have to. But we make facilities available for for nursing mums or mums who need to pump or whatever it is. Um, so that's we make that clear, and we make it. We want to say that very early on. Um, then you've got we we reach out and let people know that if they need special assistance around the conference and that may be mobility issues or I'm on crutches I have um, visual impairments anything that we need to know ahead of time to set things up and we, yeah we yeah. yeah we most buildings and most venues have to have accommodations but then there's special things on top of that that we do um, one of the things we do at TED is that we have a sticker that we place on badges of those who need a special assistance and that gives them fast access to things and it lets the staff know that person may need a helping hand and I think it's subtle and it's elegant but it also make sure that we can help them out mm, okay we now totally get uh, kind of the countdown email but one of the things you've mentioned I want to make sure that TEDxers understand is we do 10 a TEDx event might choose to do three or four but each one is written by someone uh, who is kind of involved in some audience-facing capacity. Uh, and that's a nice thing. You can pick three or four different members of your team and have them customize communication to right. the audience. So, all right, so are we ready to move on then? Sure. Uh, so what kind of communications do you do during the event? And, and obviously ours is five-day-long events, right. so it's different. But yeah. Um, so before I, st- I go into the communication part of it in terms of like things we send people, one thing I've mentioned before very lightly is that the voice of the team that welcome people in um, is the same voice. We, you know, we have a, a local staff and we spend a lot of time telling them about how we want people to feel when they arrive. And that, that voice, that language, that kind of warmth has to be there as well. And it makes a difference. And I'm saying this, and I'll say this as a side note, as an ex, from my experience as a TEDxer on TEDx New York. Right, because you've organized the TEDx event here in New York in 2016 and 2019. Right, right. But one of the things we looked at was how people felt when they arrived. And it's little things like greeting them with a smile and not making them wait in a really long line and working out how to avoid long lines. And if you do have a long line, sometimes you do. What can you do to reduce the stress right. around that? And yeah. we do cute things like hand out fruit. I don't do that at TED. We do that at TED next year. <laughs> but the idea is that, that that very first interaction isn't just like checking into a dentist appointment. You know, this is you're there and the excitement can be built from that very first moment. Right. And I think that's one thing that we, we've talked about this before, Jay, is that the magic of t- 
TED and TEDx isn't just what happens in that in that theater. It's that feeling that you get when you walk, when you walk in, in, in and everything else that you experience. So yeah. that's the start of that. So that's really important. And then then we have a daily email that goes out. It goes out about three in the morning. We prepare it the night before. And then it has a recap of the day from before. And it also has all the top things I need to know. Okay, so what food trucks are going to be out there? You know, what cool things should they go and check out they haven't checked out before? Um, anything that we feel like will help them have a great day. And we also give them a recap of their, their schedule. We say, okay, here's what you're doing. Here's the workshop that you're going to. And here's the sessions and the speakers. Are you able to customize it based for people based on what yeah, they registered yeah, we, for? Mm-hmm. So I guess if uh, when you organize TEDx New York, what email communication? I guess you did one on the morning of. What did you choose to do there? We had, we had th- I think we had three main Leading up to it, it's like, okay, great. We're looking forward to having you come. Um, here's what you can expect from the, from the day. And um, maybe like a, re- a recap of what we've told them from before. Right. So there may be late registrants. There may be people who just missed the last five emails we sent them. And I think it's just basically giving a sense of someone when I walk in I shouldn't go well hang on what am I supposed to do next you know that it's in your in, it's in your yeah, inbox you, you've got yeah, all the when information when you arrive you'll be checking in getting your badge and you can enjoy some breakfast before the first session starts at 10 o'clock whatever you can tell them to make them feel like they don't have to come in with wide eyes and like because most people don't know anyone else some right. people come with friends and some people don't but you want them to not feel out of place or confused or uncertain it's not mm. the first day of school it's exciting, but exciting because you feel welcome. Right, right. That makes sense. Right. Um, all right. And then are we done? The event is done. What do, what do we do? We are not done, my friend. No, we're not done. Okay, I thought not. <laughs> what do you do after? I guess if when you think of maybe tell us the TED example and then we'll think about how, how, what, sure. how this applies for TEDx. So we, um, for us, it's really important as it is for TEDx is to really keep that conversation going and the community going. So we said a thank you note that goes out pretty quickly afterwards and it has a recap with all the links to the photos on Flickr, uh, blog posts that are relevant, any news articles that are really cool that came out and um, for us it linked to watch the talks again on TED Live. So they have, mm. as part of the membership, they have TED Live access. Then we send out the survey request and that's pretty standard kind of stuff. Then about a week later, we uh, send them a little like because people have a thing called the TED ache. You may have right. heard of it. Yes. They feel a pit in their Not stomach. Not only have heard of it, we experience. That's it, so. right. So, so there's lots of commentary about the TED ache, and they're all having problems with withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, it's this like, is the this is the because they were kind of like in the spa, this yeah, kind of yeah. mental spa for like right, one week, right. and then it's a withdrawal. There's this this one right. cute story of this guy that was walking around Vancouver with his badge on. Because he was hoping to start conversations with people. <laughs> this is after the conference. Oh, that's funny. So they have this real longing for those connections. They miss it. But, you know, they're scattered to the wind. They're in all these different parts right. of the world. And we we try and encourage people to still stay connected on TED Connect. They can. They can do emails. Whatever they've, what, however they've connected is fine. But we also then want to remind them of what happened. So we send them a little highlights email. And the highlights email says, hey, we're having a TEDx too. We hope, you know, we, we want to ease your TEDx a little bit. Here's, you met 17 people. And we, we know this from Network Connections and TED Connect. So we, you met 17 new people. Reach out to them and say, hey. And so we'll tell them how many they met. And they click through and they get a highlights page of everything that they've done. So what talks do they love? Who do they meet? Oh, interesting. Who have they chatted to they met last time? 
um, some beautiful photographs from the event and we're able to actually work out we've got a way of being able to say who who is actually at that event so we can tell them photos from their events of their activities um, and then of course if they want to come back again we've got an easy link for them to register for the next event so it's like a little look back wow. journey back and into, so so personalized right now but I think that that thing is just as achievable with a single email for everybody. It doesn't have to, I mean, we're lucky enough that we can personalize it and we've worked really hard to do that. But, you know, different scale, I get it. I think the wrap-up email being really um, warm, colorful, full of imagery, full of things that they can then take next steps to do, whether it be join us in this future little gathering we're having or here's some photos, here's the talk you know, the, the, the talk that we decided to share with you um, from the event that was, you know, really amazing. And here's, I don't know, four things that we've decided we can all do together as members of this community or whatever, you know, like yeah, 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 for whatever sure. it is, I think re- bring them back in again if you want to maintain those connections. I mean, it's really hard because while everyone goes home and different depending on the size of your town or your city, that can be far away from one another. But whatever that you can, whatever you can do to, help them have a memory, a lovely memory of, of their day. And that it's not an abrupt end. There's some still like, continuity. And especially right. if you have a Facebook group for the people who are attending and remind them that and they can go back and connect there and invite people to things. Right. Uh, and many TEDxers also, when they publish their talks, when they edit and upload their talks to the YouTube chan- channel, so as these talks get published, um, some TEDx organizers publish one per week. And they yeah. say, here's every week we're going to send you one talk um, that if you liked it, you can share. And that's another. That's awesome. Kind of, yeah. And then if they can dovetail that with a way of people then also being able to connect with one another, that's when you get that continuity of that connection. Like I still feel invested in this group. It's not just that I'm consuming a talk. Mm. I'm actually taking part in a conversation or meeting somebody new or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Okay, so I um, as we are kind of getting to the end of this conversation I, I i i hate to take this turn because i'm going to ask you for like um your points of frustration right or or what are the big no-nos the things that drive you crazy the things mistakes maybe that you've made and um just some kind of lessons by the yeah. things that didn't work out um, um and and that we can use for our benefit yes, that extras can learn from no this is this is this is important because nothing this is not perfect like right. we we always aim for more excellence we can always do more and that's yeah. and that's the team's and we always ethos. have a screw up here and there yeah, I mean, absolutely was, yeah. so it's really hard to get everything in bulk mail systems it doesn't matter how fancy they are how much you pay for them there's still so many of them that go into people's promotions folder or their spam mm. there's a bunch of things you can avoid to reduce things going into spam, there's certain keywords that apparently are no-nos. Don't use the word pills, guys, in your emails. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> things like that are bad. Like really, really heavily HTML emails uh, also get flagged as being a bit suspicious. Um, I think one thing that we found to be quite helpful is that in the very first email that people when they engage with you, always put in your um, signature block or whatever you can to have them put your email address as their contact in their address book. I know that sounds right, really right, right, kind of right, dumb, but right. if you tell them the very first note that you have an exchange with them, when you, you know they actually are getting it, say, hey, we're going to send you future emails, put this in your address book. The other thing I would suggest is, if you can, send your emails out from a single email address. 
because then it's not having put this email and this email and this email in your address right, book. Right, 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 right. Always comes from the same email. So yeah. once you took it out of spam one time, it's always that's, it's be always out of spam, safe. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we found that's a little bit much is that we sometimes struggle with content like volume. No one can consume that much stuff, and we're we're trying to work. We're still working with that. I think it's a constant battle for attention and working out how to group your content, how to give headings to it, how to bullet it, so that someone who's scanning it can quickly get what they need and move on with their life. Um, and that helps. I mean, I I know it probably helps to have a second set of eyes on this because I know sometimes when we prepare the workshops, the TEDx workshops, and we write all this stuff we want to write, and you are outside of our team, and you look at it and you go, guys crunch it down it needs to be bulleted needs to be less words right because yes. when you know too oh, much that's my you want favorite. everybody to know but sometimes yeah. having a third person kind of looking at it from the outside saying this is overwhelming is a good way to structure your team it's my favorite thing to do with a TEDx team <laughs> guys one what, of your favorite all things of, all, so much so many words to explain <laughs> something quite straightforward I think <laughs> I think it's that we we don't want to mistake the idea of making something Making something warm doesn't mean you have to put a bunch of words around it. You don't have to put superlatives and adjectives after every, you right. know, like you, that doesn't mean warmth. That just means wordiness. Right. And so you're trying to get people to that kernel, that nugget of that idea quickly. So how can you get them to understand those 10 points or those five points really quickly? Fluffing it up doesn't help. And also the other thing we've noticed is that while we have that really warm personal voice in that email, we've had to repeat the key points again underneath so warm fluffy email very um personalized you don't feel like you're you know part of some weird collective you're you know you're part of the family and then checklist below checklist right. super easy to scan links out to all the things you need Reminder, to have. Yeah. yeah that yeah. makes sense um what is your ultimate dream for optimizing this experience if you could just have a magic wine robots you give it <laughs> i think it's it's really it's a big question because if I was magical, I would have every single person be able to have a customized experience. I, what's your dream for TED J? What do you, what are you? What's your what's your mission? What's your intention for TED? And you're like, well, I really want to meet three people working in biotechnology, right, and right. I really want to you know do a deep sea dive with so and so and do an archaeological dig with Ken Lacovera. You're like done. But so, but I think what you're saying is that you what you're trying to accomplish is show them all the paths that they can take and that they can take them at ease, but leave it open for them to make up their own path and create a, an experience that only works for them because they created something unique, that is, which is what I they I mean, want. like that's one way of looking at it, but the other way, which is, I think, a little bit more intensive and challenging is what, how can I know enough about Jay so that I can create that path for him right and it would be almost spot on like i know that jay loves right you know and that is a dream because you'll need a lot of ai for that right and, yeah, right yeah, yeah. i need to i need to be able to anticipate your needs i want to be able to know ahead of time what you, what's going to bother you and what's going to excite you i need to know whether i should lead you down the path of this activity or this one you know i i don't know but we we want to have everyone feel like nice they've got that really unique experience. Now, yes. maybe that's something we can work towards in the end of... That's a big dream. Well, yeah. um, 
I, I guess to wrap up, I should say that uh, we believe that you're going to have the opportunity to pursue these dreams in one way or another, because you recently received a promotion from your current role as Director of Service Design to Deputy Director of TED Conferences team. You'll be working side by side with Kelly Stetzel. Uh, and uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I know you'll continue to work on all these uh, communications and thank you Ladan I know folks who are listening in they don't know how much work you do with the TEDx team for the workshops for the community for the communications for many many years and yourself a TEDx organizer I'm a couple of, of I'm times I'm one of the crew I'm one of the crew <laughs> one of the crew thank you for joining us today thanks so much we Jay. appreciate it we hope you enjoyed this episode of Solving for X join us on the TEDx hub to find additional resources on this topic you can also share your insights or ask questions. This episode was produced with love by Bianca de Jesus, recorded by Taylor Stemley and researched by Tsvetina Deneva. This episode was edited by Sharina Ong. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Solving for X channel wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Play or of course on the TEDx Hub. Thank you for listening to Solving for X. See you next time.